Yo, 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 what up, though? Welcome to the HBCU is Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, a.k.a. Rolling in the City. And I'm tired of introducing everybody, so I'm going to let my co-host introduce himself today. And uh, let's get let's get this show started. Oh, what up, though, everybody? Sam, I came here to holler at y'all once again on this nice, this cool December Sunday evening. It was a little warm this week. I'm a little happy about it. The mm-hmm. sun was shining today. Got me in a good mood. Let's get ready to talk some stuff about these HBCUs. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, how, how was your week besides, you know, the weather and everything? Okay. What's going on with I feel like, uh, okay, so, like, I'm in good spirits, but physically, I feel like my body is attacking me. Um, you know, uh, you know how the toothache, when, when your tooth hurt, it takes your whole body out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm old now, so... Um, I got an ingrown toe now, y'all. My first one in my life. It took my whole... <laughs> I don't know what's like a toothache or an ingrown toenail, but let's just say I'm going to get this out tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Um, I, couldn't, I can't play no more games with it. Man. But yeah, but, you know. It's just us two out here, so um, we don't got Asia. Uh, she's actually, uh, actually on the road, I think, en route back to her home and everything. So shout out to her. Um, shout out to Ron. He's not with us today. Um, I think he had had some other obligations he had to fulfill. But besides that, you know, uh, it's just gonna be me and Sam tonight. Um, but we do, hold it down. Yeah, we're gonna hold it down tonight. But we do got a guest in the building. I do wanna um shout out uh someone dear to me. This is a, a cousin of mine's who also went to HBCU. Um she really I mean, I don't really got no introduction because she's just like family, so I don't really have nothing made out for her. But this is my cousin, Morgan Williams, uh, a graduate and also Miss Senior from TSU. Uh, what year was that that you Miss Senior? Was that 2009? 2009? Yeah. Don't age me up like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I got all my stuff right. <laughs> like, hey, hey. What's going on? You doing all right, cuz? I am good. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, but before we get started, um, I want to do a a rest in peace um, to your grandmother. Um, before we get into all that, I'm gonna let you give us a breakdown of who your grandmother was and you know the the big impactful role she played in, in the HBCU world. Oh, most definitely. So my grandmother, Dr. Mary Jewel Levi Smith Stowe, um, known to most Kentucky State University people as the first female, the first African-American female to become president, Um, the 14th president at Kentucky State University, where she served um, as you all's actual president from 1991 to 1998, had a lot of accomplishments throughout her career, was really a I don't say she's a phenomenal woman because she was my grandmother, but she did a lot for education and just paving the way, being a true trailblazer for education and really pushing a lot of different initiatives for UAS University, which I thought was, you know, an extraordinary accomplishment, a nice thing to be able to tackle as a black woman, especially going up against people who oftentimes didn't necessarily agree with her viewpoints or you know sometimes you can't think outside the box you're not always able to see somebody's big picture you know ideas and things like that but to overcome so much and then to um have her pass away and even still just have her legacy live on through different things you all have now a a clock tower on campus that i was uh i got to be able to see this past weekend which i thought was really awesome um taking pictures by it and things like that just to celebrate her honor 
Um, I was just really kind of thrown thrown off, I guess you should say, by um, all of the things that she did for KSU. Some things I knew and some things I just wasn't aware of. I just thought, you know, she was my grandmother. I remember her being president. I remember going to all the homecomings as a kid. I rode in a parade with her, just not even realizing the type of person I was sitting next to or the legacy that she was kind of showing me as she was creating it. So um, rest in peace to my grandmother, but also to you all, you know, first female African-American president as well, because that's a, a very big accomplishment. It is. It is. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, so we do cherish her at KSU, Kentucky State University. Um, and one of the things that I did, um, you know, um, I, it didn't happen to go there during her tenure. Um oh. But I came right afterwards, and so a lot of the mm-hmm. things that she started and her legacies will definitely still continue. Um, one of the things that interested me or sparked interest to in me is that she was, um, you know, she went to college at Jackson State and mm-hmm. had her graduate studies at University of Kentucky, and, but she, you know, her professional studies came through Kentucky. She started mm-hmm. teaching um, at the college level at Kentucky and worked her way through becoming vice president of student affairs and things of that nature. So, um, you know, Kentucky State built her professionalism and got, you know, she went from a professor to uh, the university president. So, you mm-hmm. know, to see that a lot of days, nowadays, you know, the presidents come from everywhere, any and everywhere. But to see that she was homegrown, a homegrown. Truly, girl, truly. Yeah. And, it, and it, following behind my grandfather, my grandfather was a, uh, uh, got his job actually first at Kentucky State being a football coach with you guys. And he's actually okay. in you guys, um, I want to say Hall of Fame and things like that or distinguished um, members and things like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she, you know, she was just, you know, going with behind her husband, you know, wifely duties and things of that nature, decided to get, you know, her graduate degree and things like that from UK. And then all of a sudden she gets these jobs at Kentucky State and really just – use that platform that one little step inside the door what what is that uh saying that they always say uh who you know will get you in the door but what you know will take you further and i feel like she used that she used my grandfather's influence to get her in the door at ksu but it was her knowledge and what she wanted to do on that campus that really kind of got her trailblazing across the yard opening up new facilities, revamping your athletic department, things mm-hmm. like that, pushing forward scholarships, really fighting for academics and education and agricultural awareness and things like that. I I was learning a lot as a young child, but I learned even more with her passing, just listening to people talk about what she was doing when she was on campus, when they were students and things. I did not realize how many people she had impacted, whether they were just passing through locally in the neighborhood or whether they actually went through the university. And that's just, it's mind blowing and it's, it speaks volumes. Yeah. So we are definitely thankful for our treasure in our, in our small yes. school on the hill. So, you know, uh, thank you, Dr. Mary Smith for all you have done and, look at, and your legacy continues to go on. So much, much obliged. Yes, rest in peace. And since we're right here, we're gonna um let me get a couple of these other rest in peace out the way. Um another one we had probably like three or four weeks ago, uh Darrell Shaw, one of the drum majors from Jackson State University. Um one of the things I can say that did stick out, um, I guess he was known for creating this move called the Shaw. And what kinda stuck out is cause um I'm I was a drum major at Kentucky State University, so were you, Sam, and I remember um, during our tryouts, we had this move called the Shaw, 
never knew where it came from. I just learned the move and just kept it pushing and everything. And um, I know us in Jackson State, we, we have a similar marching style and everything. Um, sometimes some of the moves are kind of similar and everything. But, um, but yeah, learning that Shaw move and then find out that he passed away and then his nickname was the Shaw, it kind of added up once I found that out. So um, I did want to put that out there. Um, I think that's a key thing because you do see a lot of bands Oh, it's all a legend, but <laughs> it's all a legend. You know, okay. The, the thing is, um, you know, uh, but um, we we have some ties. The band world is small. The HBCU band world is small. You know, uh-huh. and so, but yes, he was a tremendous. Um, this was a tremendous loss for um, Jackson State University marching band and those who he influenced. He honestly, um, not only that move, but his style. Is kind of transcended throughout the HBCU and the drum majors um, a lot. Right. Um, we all kind of developed that same type of swag. So um, that was a major loss. And, um, you know, my our condolences to this family. Yes. And then I think we have one more, uh, one recent one uh, from KSU Band uh, from Soul Section. Uh, uh, yes. You can go ahead and touch um, on that, yeah. Sam. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, um, here very very recently um we lost um kevin kennedy jr who um was a participant in the kentucky state university marching band and um went to the school from 2003 until the spring semester of 2005. Um, while kevin was here kevin was known for just always being the life of the party um uh, very very positive positive energy and um and uh, so just a supportive guy. One thing about Kevin is, is that uh, Kevin used to stutter a little bit. And so when he first met you, he he didn't talk a lot. <clears throat> but once he got to know you, you know, um, he was cracking some type of joke on you. <laughs> you were the person next to you. Mm-hmm. But it was all out of good fun and good spirits. And, um, you know, this one was a, a tremendous loss. Um, he was one of those people where you felt his presence wherever he was at. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, it always brought um, a lightness to the room. So uh, our condolences to the Kennedy family. Um, he is um, leaving behind uh, children, sons and daughters, um, a mother and father, and uh, multitude of, a multitude of family in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, he is still there. So, um, you know, friends and family of Kentucky State University, or anybody at Kevin Kennedy. This is very recent, so please offer your condolences to the family. And, um, you know, all his many crab brothers and sisters out here, 2003 was a big year for Yes, rest in peace, and rest in peace to everyone um, that we lost this year. Um, uh, and just charge it to my head and not my heart for those that we may forget. Um, I will try to get to many of the people in the HBCU world that we did lose. Um, those are the ones that did uh, come to mind, that did stick out, that I did come across. So, yeah, rest in peace to all those HBCU legends that we lost. And uh, we're going to push forward. We're going to go into our HBCU of the Week. HBCU of the Week is going to be Langston University. And uh, we don't have Asia here, so I'm going to take over. I'm going to uh, throw a couple little quick facts out there about Langston University. Um, they're located in Oklahoma. Uh let me make sure I get the city correct. I want to say Langston, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh yeah, they're located in Langston, Oklahoma. Uh their colors are blue and orange. Mascot is the Lions. They are a land grant college. Uh their motto is education for service. 
uh, the president is Kent Smith. And let's see, any notable notable people that came from that school was let's see, Bessie Coleman, the first African American woman pilot, and the first woman to obtain an international pilot license. And she enrolled in 1910, but could only complete one term due to financial issues. So um, that's another. I mean, one of the reasons why I started the platform because I feel like you know some people come and they may not be able to stay due to financial reasons, due to family issues. Um, another thing about Langston University, they were established on March 12, 1897, and I believe that they do have a band, don't they, Sam? I believe they do. Yeah, they got a band. Yeah. Um, let, uh, what I know about Langston is uh, when I was first introduced to Langston by. Um, Dr. Robert Chris, who was the, uh, the uh, I want to get the title right. He was the head man in charge when it came to music in okay. um, Detroit Public Schools um, and Fine Arts. So, man, um, and he was the one who kind of spearheaded um, the Detroit All City Man. Okay. And then, um, uh, he went to Langston University, and um, he from Langston, he came back to Detroit and started his career in the 70s and Central. And then, you know, worked his way up until um, he was in the Division of Fine Arts in the early 2000s. And um, then he retired and became, um, went over to Dr. Pruitt, Benjamin Pruitt. Okay. And I don't know who it is now because, you know, music is not as prevalent in schools as it was back in those days. So right. um, I don't know how the hierarchy or the organizational chart stands now. But um, Dr. Chris came from Langston. And so then he sent some students to Langston. Um, a couple of friends. Killer Kev, um, he went to Langston. Okay. Okay. Um, Shout out to Killer Kev. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson went through went through uh, Langston University too. Okay, shout out to okay. Jay Hudson. Yeah, and there's some other people, you know, um, in the band world. Their band is really not that big, but um, and then they also um, Oklahoma is kind of, um, you know, they don't play. I don't think they play other HBCUs. It's kind of like the one of the most Western HBCUs you got, or whatever you want to say. So. Long story short, um, they're not in the swag. Yeah. <laughs> they're not in the SEAC or the CIAA, so they just play, you know, they play for And, you know, because of that, you know. Yeah, it, it does say the, uh, the affiliation they are, they are in the NAIA um, okay. conference. Um, but yeah, for anything else dealing with Langston University, if you want to do any further research or look into the university, you can check them out at www.langston.edu. And all right, and we're gonna to get to our first topic of the of the night, and uh, that's gonna be calf food, college food in general. Uh, we're just gonna talk about off campus eating, um, after party eating, homecoming eating, dorm snacks, uh, off campus apartment eating, everything. So. One of the things I think about, you know, when I first, you know, when everybody gets to an HBCU or to a college in general, you know, first thing people set up is their meal plan and everything. So at KSU, um, one thing I can say, um, the food was actually good and everything, eatable and everything. It wasn't like, you know, going to, you know, you know, when you were in high school or, or any of public schools coming up, it wasn't like you getting like, 
bare bare minimum food and everything you had like people actually cooking the food and everything one thing i know that really stuck out for me was the fried chicken wednesdays they had at, at kentucky state campus um i'm not sure uh, morgan at tennessee state they had that same thing but i want to see um did they have anything similar to that we did we had the calf um where you can get like a regular meal plan and things like that and then we had another location inside of the student center where you can get Burger King, Taco Bell, or Pizza Hut. And then inside of one of the dorms, which was kind of across campus a little bit, you could get a KFC, which was kind of dope. Okay. okay. You had a couple of options and stuff. I definitely gained a freshman um, 22. <laughs> I, ate I ate good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think on our campus, uh, we had the calf, of course, outside of our calf we had what was it taco bell chick-fil-a and we had this thing called the thoroughbred grill and y'all had chick-fil-a oh yeah i would have been living life that was my first time yeah. having it when i first got down there never knew nothing about it nothing really yeah okay so yeah it was like once i had it i was like oh yeah this is some good food especially at the chick-fil-a thing I'm like yeah this is good food and everything then once i <laughs> noticed it was an actual restaurant and everything i was like oh it's it's a deeper and extensive menu I was excited that as a freshman, they required you to have a meal plan because freshmen were required to stay on campus. So I was just excited to even have it, not realizing that some of the upperclassmen and stuff used to always be asking people to use their meal plan or did you swipe for the day? You're not, oh, you're not swiping this morning? Let me get your swipe right quick. Yeah. We, literally, it had, we had to circulate those. So when I became a little upperclassman and stuff, I'm like, oh, you got meal plan? Oh, you're not swiping? Now I understand. Mm -hmm. Let me see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah so what is um i guess what are some of the normal snacks that you would probably keep in your dorm or or when you stayed off campus and everything what's like some of the things that came to mind because one of the first things most people think of is ramen noodles um those instant quick meals and everything i was a big popcorn person so you always catch me with like some popcorn in my dorm I kept the, what is it, the, it was the green box, the frozen stroganoff, like Michaelas or something like that. I kept those on deck. Um, I kept the raviolis on deck because I was really a ravioli person. Okay. Um, you know what? I hated noodles. <laughs> so I, I never got into that. I, I never got into that. I either had some, like, Hot Pockets and some random stuff or, I mean, like I said, we had a lot of options. The calf was straight, so I mean, yeah. I kept a little bit of stuff in my room every once in a while, but we had sneaky folks. So, like, you know how in your dorms you're not supposed to have no electric, no uh, George Foremans and stuff like that. People had their George Foremans. We had mm -hmm. one eye. We had one pot, one skillet, because you had one eye that you could plug up, and then you try to make everything off that one little pan situation, <laughs> like. At one point, I think my freshman year, people was, we had one guy in the, like, the all-boys dorm, which was called Watson. They was flipping meals. You was trying to go over <laughs> there to stand outside just to make sure your order got put in. Like, did you put in my order? I'm trying to have this late-night snack after we all get done, you know, going out or hanging out or whatever this, whatever the activity is of the night. I'm just trying to make sure he knows that when I come at 2, 3 in the morning, I need that cheeseburger with the fries. <laughs> 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 I need that Capri Sun. I need it all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I know when you had college parties and everything, uh, one of the, 
I think one of our biggest spots to go to was pretty much the Waffle House that was in in Frankfort, Kentucky. You can always catch somebody there, or either that or Steak and Shake. Yeah, I mean, those, I mean, those are places that were open, but you know, those were one of the the guaranteed spots. You know, you can go after a party and get some food and everything, and have a good time. Still, you're still just kicking it with some of the people after the party and everything. Yeah, it's a lot of options nowadays, though. Yeah, I feel like PSU has so many, so many more options now than what we used to have back in the day. It's, I feel like most of these places when we were in school, like they were like up and rising, but you didn't realize that they were up and rising for the communities and the stuff that would be built up in that area. Now you go back and it's like, oh wow, we didn't have all these, you know, places to eat. Some of these places are actually owned by some of our alumni and things like that who just was like, oh, this is an opportunity. You saw a niche. And it's like yeah. really dope to go back and see those type of things. I feel like we used to be in McDonald's line. I was in downtown Nashville after a lot of parties. Mm-hmm. You knew you was in line with half the school because we filled up the parking lot. We took our time. You was walking up the cars, putting in your order, stuff like that. Like it became a whole new like spot to hang out in. And we had student apartments. So like a lot of times the party would go back to the parking lots of like the apartments because everybody, you know, stayed over there. You was going to somebody's house, you was going to link up, you know, it was it was going over there. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, we had the same situation kind of going on too. Um, Did y'all have like the Greeks who would throw like you knew certain Greeks that would like live off campus that would have parties? So you know, the next you know this one complex apartment complex is not a spot to be because it's one house, but we're all in it and outside of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Hickory Hills. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Is our is that spot for us for the forever? Um, and then uh, on the west side, it used to be Woodside, but you know that's one and off. Things change, but Hick Hick is consistent. Yeah, Hickory Hills. Yeah, those were the ones like the apartments that are pretty much the closest ones to the campus. So you will always catch people over there walking over there, just pulling up over there, and that's pretty much like the first location most people move to when they say they're moving off campus they like man i'm moving off campus i'm moving off campus and just move right next door to the dorms and everything but but yeah it's it still held like a a student body vibe over there in those apartments and most of the people that weren't um they were like residents or locals um in frankfurt they were used to that it being a college town so they they knew like when it was just a parking lot full of people or a house full and everything they know it's just uh college situations going on there's nothing more than that uh i'm trying to think when i first now once i moved off of campus um groceries was a big thing so like um trying to eat right was one of the things but it was not always i won't say affordable but you know like trying to buy eat healthy is like very uh, higher cost and everything but at that point you know i just kept like the basic little things so like i would try to keep you know, a couple little canned goods, maybe a salad or something like that. But overall, like it was, it was more like bad eating habits when I was on campus. I think the the best thing I cooked, um, I think one of my my roommates, uh, Devin, he had a, I think his job gave him a turkey because he worked in the cafe and all that stuff. So I think that was probably the biggest thing, the grand thing I ever cooked. Like besides that, I cooked like spaghetti and something like that. But um, that turkey was probably the first thing I ever cooked. That was my first turkey ever cooking too, in general. And it actually came out pretty good. And 
being in college, mm-hmm. it made me think about, you know, like when we cooked that turkey, I think we ate on that turkey for like at least three, four days. Like we made sandwiches, we <laughs> made sides to go with and everything. So like, yeah, the college struggle was a real struggle. Like you knew how to make food stretch and you understood like why leftovers were so key <laughs> in adulthood and everything. Yeah. I learned college breakfast is for every meal of the day. Yeah. Every meal. Now, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because like one of my favorite things that the calf did have to offer at kentucky state was the breakfast breakfast if i didn't make nothing you could catch me at breakfast for sure like the breakfast was always on point from i moved off campus early i don't even remember like the luxury of eating in the calf outside of like band camp (laughs) weeks a year (laughs) every meal outside of that was a struggle you know so uh we, I got on food stamps in college. I couldn't get on. I, we learned so like there was somebody on campus that would come to the student center and always fuck the kids, not the kids, but the students about food stamps, knowing like ways to you know help yourself out. I got my food stamp card, man. I think when I graduated from college, I still had like six months left of my food stamp card. My dad was, you moving home and keeping this food stamp? Yeah, because I knew what it was like in college. Like, I struggled. I still didn't have enough on that card. What do you mean? At one point, they told me I worked because I did work. They were like, you get $10 a month. I'm sorry, what? I'm a college Mm -hmm. student. I need more. Right. They wouldn't do that. You had to literally save that just for them six months to go by just to spend the 60 at one time. Struggles. Struggles. I can't I got it. denied every time. I don't know what I put on my application. You was too what? honest. We were probably from that. We were probably some good and bad liars back, in, back then. I don't even know if that's a good thing to say on this recording. Right? <laughs> nah, shoot. You had to eat. Shoot. I was doing anything. To, like I tried it, but I think I got denied and I didn't try again. I was like, well, if I didn't get it the first time, no point in trying to keep reapplying and trying to. It was like, you got to work 24 hours. So I was like, bro, I'm a college student. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I can't say in college when I moved off campus is when I. I knew how to cook because my I'm a I have a southern family, so I always knew I would knew the basics. But having my roommate Candace, like that's where I feel like I really learned how to cook some things living off campus, like my baked chicken, with my Italian dressing, things like that. We mm. used to eat on those things: taco salad, tacos, tacos and Doritos, Rotel. You could, who knew about Rotel before college? Because of course, we didn't. We weren't making that. I went down south, came back up to school, and I think I was the new party favorite. Like, let me show y'all this dish I can make right quick. And they like, oh, my God, what's this? <laughs> now you can't go to a party and not have Rotel. And everybody like, yeah, it's the HBCU thing. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just convinced it's a down south thing. But <laughs> we just didn't know. <laughs> and all of y'all went to Michigan State, so y'all not hip. Like, we fool y'all. Matt and um. But yeah, then, yeah, yeah. That's when you start figuring out how to cook. Hell, you had to. Yeah. You had to, because other than that, you starved, or you was tired of eating the same things you ate at your job. Like, mm-hmm. I worked at Red Robin at one point. I worked at Target. <laughs> I was sick of that. I ain't want no more Starbucks. I don't even like coffee. <laughs> and look, I'm in the hotel working at the Western Hotel. Like, I don't want any of these. I don't want any more uh, bologna, salami, and cheese or crackers. Don't. <laughs> All right. Since we talking about food, let's go. Let's go over the drinks, and we could talk about like alcoholic drinks and all that stuff. So, um, 
one of the key things for sure I can say um, at HBCU homecomings, once you're done with homecoming, is water. Water is one of your going to be your best friend <laughs> after a homecoming, no matter what. Even I delivered. Yeah, even you start drinking water a week before homecoming. Yeah, <laughs> you you got to prep yourself, especially like for those that you know that's done their time at their schools and are coming back, and you know your liver's not the same as it was before and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> but um, recovery ain't the same at all. I could say like my first when I first came to K State, I've never drunk any alcohol. I think the most I have maybe like a little bit of champagne on New Year's one year, but um. I didn't even drink egg no. I think my mom offered it to me one like right before I went to K State and everything. I'm like man, I don't like I don't even like eggnog in general. So I was just weirded out by that. But um I think the first alcohol I've had when I went to K State was I think they just had they were doing something quick, so it was like a cheap liquor too. It was cheap. It was that Heaven Hill vodka. And I was so scared to drink because like I always seen movies and her stories of people throwing up. I'm like, dude, I don't want to take a shot and be throwing up and nothing like that. So when I first, you know, had my first alcohol experience, it was I was more so scared in the beginning. I'm like, man, I don't want to drink. I don't want to be over here throwing up and everybody looking at me all crazy. But <laughs> but it was it was I didn't get drunk the first time, but I had like a heavy buzz and everything. But um, you know, going to these schools and everything, especially at K State, like I feel like we should have been endorsed by either ENJ or Heaven Hill at this point. Because, <laughs> like, that's all we, that's all you would see, especially like when you in college, you know, you don't got that much money. Those little drinks would get, get you where you needed to be just to have fun for the weekend and all that stuff. So, um, I think one of, like, when I think of K State, first thing that kind of jumps out is Heaven Hill vodka. What, like, what, what drinks stick out to you? It could be, uh, them fraternity and sorority well, punches. Say, I do not <laughs> condone in my professional capacities underage drinking. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but secondly, um, Burnett. Burnett vodka comes to mind when I think of I think of that and Bones Farm my freshman year. I feel like it was on hypnotic, hypnotic, and polo on my like the song came out and it was just like I want I want the blue drink. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, give me that. That's what we drinking, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I go back to thinking about like the Greek drinks where you, you have like the yeah, cup of tea. Um Oh my gosh, just the first time I had whatever the Sigma's made on Yard, I thought I was drinking Kool-Aid. I think it was Everclear in there or something. Woo! Jesus, needless to say, I was in and out of that party ASAP at I was no longer <laughs> able to move on my other Hey, I gotta go. I'm so going down. I don't know what this is, but get me out of here. I need my room ASAP. Yeah. All the green joints are, um, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> They're experienced. Each of them, uh, green drinks are experienced. Like, they all have their different, <laughs> their different effects yeah. on it. This is so true. This is so true. I did, like, um, I know they're not Divine Nine, but the KK Side Punch is, is a lethal one, too. Um, I think more so it's the, the whole thing with the fruit and everything because i know uh when they made their punch it's like you always uh had fruit in there and everybody say don't eat the fruit don't eat the fruit and everything 
And it made sense why they said it, but it was like, you tell me not to, I'm going to want to now. I'm like, man, like, I now want to see what it's about. And you see some people that, that can handle it, and you see some people that can't and everything. Um, me, I, I don't know the first time I had side punch, but I do remember eating the fruit and everything. And I do remember it having, like, a effect, but, you know, I'm, like, I'm more responsible with it. I'm not trying to be pissy drunk anywhere and all that stuff. Like, I'm trying to maintain I need to know what's going on around me. I'll be, I'll be inebriated and have some fun but like i'm not trying to be being carried out and everyone talking about something man you tripping we got to leave him in the car we got to you know i don't i don't i'm not that person the goal is to never start off being that person yeah <laughs> sometimes you get in the car we pre-drink and you get to the club and you're like yeah mm-hmm. well y'all conservative i got stories that's not the whole <laughs> show on its own i done been drinking every, every party every party campus give us your best really one got my together though. you know i'm just sitting here trying to think and probably the first time i remember getting like Silly and getting left in the car and everything you said you didn't want that. <laughs> it was a um, pig party um, at my frat brother Johnny's house. You, you know, go down. Shout out to Johnny. House. Epic mm-hmm. parties. I hear stories about them. Yep. And uh, it was just a lot of Malibu rum straight. Mmm. Um, oh, you fucking fat. <laughs> I'm not right. And. <laughs> That's all I remember, and then next thing you know, I, I had to use the restroom. I came back, and it was lights out. I was <laughs> all over that party. Nobody told you about the seal before you broke the seal early <laughs> in college. Like there was, you didn't know. Like, oh shoot, I should have never. Uh, never used the bathroom, man. This is terrible. No, do the drinking organizations still exist on these HBCU campuses? Are they like a myth a little bit? Like, because when I came, you know, I heard about Buffalo and everything. I don't know if they just kind of, you know, disappeared a little bit or they're like a secret society where they just, they find you type thing. Because that's what it seemed like for a little bit. Because I'm like, okay, where they at? Like, I'm like, I'm trying to, like, I want to see what these organizations are about. Like, I'm not, I'm not even the biggest drinker, but I really want to see what it was about, see if they're really out here and everything. But it seems like, you know, I'm a Buffalo. Um, at K State. Okay. And um, yeah, I haven't been around to see if I have any more brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a whole other story too. That's what that was. That was a night too. You know, I should have. You got me I feel like I lived in Mexico, and you got us over here thinking about memories and stuff. Like I joined <laughs> something, and I, I just remember, like to this day, I remember like AYAT. And I know the response to it and everything, but you respond wrong and it's a problem. I remember, <laughs> and I remember after being initiated into that, I remember just being pissy drunk. Like, I hope we're not going nowhere because I got nothing for y'all. Right. But I was at home, thankfully, but we, we made it in. We crossed over. Yeah, that's what you got enough. We going cross. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm trying to think um, any other think i've never had only punch other punch i probably had was the the alpha t um i don't think i've had the q oil or i mean i i've had them all and it's just okay to be real them drinks is for girls so i mean they good 
you're like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good. But after, like, you know, when you, when you 18 or 19, they're like, oh my God, this is a drink. But then when you were like really 21, you start drinking for real, like, this shit's sweet, it's fun. And if I drink <laughs> that shit, I'm on, I'm on throw up. So I don't fool with none mm-hmm. of it. Like, after mm-hmm. I start drinking for real and becoming a real drinker, I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't like none of it. I don't recommend none of it. <laughs> Because it's all just really, really sweet. And sugar and alcohol just don't mix with me. That's just me personally. But, you know, if y'all like that, if you like fruity, you know, tooty drinks, then you know what? Find an organization near you. Yeah. <laughs> Ask them who makes that drink and try it out because I promise you, you like it. Okay. You'll get where you're trying to go. Yes, just, lady. You might not know where to stop but you'll yeah. get there. Okay. Now, uh, last thing I'm gonna touch on drink. So, what is your your drink or alcohol of preference when you think of your school? Because, like, when I think of K State, um, I think you know, I, like I said, my first experience was off of Heaven Hill. But I think once I did find a liquor, I was good with. Uh, I was more of a tequila, so I liked 1800. You could always see me with 1800 or on a rare. I mean, think mainly when I went home from school and everything. But you would always catch me with Ciroc sometimes. So. It was between Jose those two. Cuevo. Okay. My drink was Jose Cuevo. I, yeah, that was my preference. Um, you know, I go, it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I have a preference in all genres. You know, if we're going to drink dark, then I prefer a, a bourbon or a whiskey. You know, I like Whipper Reserve, and I like um, a Crown, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I I did. You know, I like cognac. Well, I ain't gonna never say okay. I like cognac when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? I don't doubt people who like. I can't believe you still drink Hennessy. Yeah, once in a while, Hennessy. But if you want to stab, I'm gonna drink it. But um, that's not my preference. Not that I'm over. But anyway, but then uh, tequilas. Love tequilas. I love dark tequilas. Um, I like white tequilas. Whatever was offered. Yeah. I was always a social drinker, so it's like if you bring it to the table, yeah, I'm gonna have a cup, but I wasn't necessarily inside the liquor store. Like, let's get this, this, and this. Yeah. Okay. I just happened to always be places where it was already on the table, so it's more like you want a cup. Sure. Good. Right. And oh, and the touchback since we were talking about food in the beginning. Um, I think one of the, who who do you think was the best cook during your time when you went to school? I think only person I've always seen cooking and everything was Jason, and he got busy on that grill for sure. Uh, also my crab brother Zoe when he worked at the the Thoroughbred Grill, he used to get busy back there too. So those were like my two people that jump out a little bit and they're just like people I think of when it came to cooking, like they definitely was just good in the kitchen. They was quick to get busy and grab some pots and pans and, and whip something together pretty much. My roommate Candace was like my sister. Now her, she started with the one eye. She mastered that eye. We had everything (laughs) on it. We had everything, man. (laughs) This is such a loaded question because I can answer this wrong and many people will be mad. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to say that everybody got their job was like, Jason is like the grill master now. Like, you can just tell that. But that's, that's his thing, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, 
you know, and why I can cook, you know, why I can cook sometimes. Shout out to co-host Ryan. <laughs> um, and it's funny, um, like me, Ryan, D-Wade, and our boy Yamas, we all used to like cook and then see who can cook the best. Now, of course, D-Wade was the best cook when it came to us and my little crew. Man, D Way's mama can cook. I remember when D Way graduated. We went yeah. to her uh her little graduation uh party and everything. And mm-hmm. I just remember that food being so good. I told myself while I was eating, like, I'm hugging her mama once I get done eating. Soon as I got done eating, <laughs> I went and found her and I had to give her a hug because like that was like the the next best home cooked meal. Like of course she made everything. It was home home cooked for sure. But it was like you know I felt like my grandmother just cooked that meal and everything. I'm like thank you. Like I I was they're needing from this. The south. They're from they're from the south south New Orleans. So yeah, yeah. That makes a whole um, lot of sense. Uh, yeah. So I mean I got a lot of cooks around me. I probably forgot some like Raquel, Raquel combined. You know, um, a lot of people. I came across a lot of people who did. Got a lot of look. Mm, some people think they care, but I just make them laugh. I don't know how controversial you want your podcast. No, go ahead. He's trying to rate the plate. He's trying to rate the plate. No, no, it, no, don't, no, don't get me wrong. It's funny because, like, I remember one time, and okay, um, you know, I had a band director that uh, we were <laughs> we were home for uh, for Easter, and they were nice enough to put on. They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to do it. Most of the things. And I know they didn't have to do it. And I'm grateful. I'm thankful. But it's just still hilarious. <laughs> they put on an Easter dinner, and it was just the funniest dinner I've ever been to, food-wise. <laughs> Everyone's sitting there trying, <laughs> trying to eat, trying to eat. Well, it was a lot of, um, you know, it was a lot of uh, food allergies or, um, Accommodations that had to be for for a meal that fed a lot of people, so it was you know we had to deal with you know we were dealing with diabetic menus or dealing with um, food allergies. We were dealing with a lot. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably like in the top ten of the worst meals I ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> And, this, and that's, so that's something from a college student, though, because, you know, college kids eat anything. And only, only the people who, the three people around me knew how I felt about it. But it was a house full of air, but they felt the same way. So we just quietly chilled in the corner. Still was social, still kicked it. Yeah. But I definitely was prodding to see when somebody took their first trash bag out so I can slip. Away and throw that plate in there upside down, like you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah. Try to smash it all the way to when the, the bottom. Nasty. <laughs> yeah, smash it because you want nobody to say nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But that was like in college, though, and um, you know. But uh, I was grateful. I was thankful. I was glad to have it for the company. I was glad to be able to have somewhere to go for Easter. So. I mean, the day wasn't bad, but who that food was. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, We're going to go into our next segment. This is the HBCU Bands Do It Better segment. This is where we showcase uh, HBCU Bands. We're going to show off their style. We're going to show off their instrumentation. And like always, if you do know the arranger, please tag them for me so we can give them the proper credit.
And that was uh, TSU coming to us with their version of Neck. Um, I know we've been talking about it's going to be an ongoing debate. We've been trying to figure out which school, which HBCU school has the best version of Neck. Um, like I said, I kind of go with Alabama State for the most part. I do like Jackson's. Um, so it's a little tie between those two for me. Morgan, who do you think has the best version of Neck? Or are you going to be biased and go with your school? Mm. I would actually probably have to, ooh, I'm probably a little biased. I don't know if I can answer that honestly. I probably have to honestly hear them back to back. Just okay. to be, it's not like I ain't playing instruments, so I, I'd have to honestly probably hear them back to back just to rate fairly, but just off the strength that I know what TSU's is and sounds like and stuff like that. I'm a lean there naturally. That's and I feel up. like we, you know, we have a classic against them, so it's more like a, uh, I really don't want to vote for y'all, but at the same time, I give credit where credit is definitely due. So. Okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. Go with your school. Rep your school. You got to be proud <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, right. It takes for you to go see, I'm going to say it. You got to see Southern Live, okay? From hey. the top of the start of the game, they play their little school song, and then it's cat, cat, cat in the next. The whole vibe. First of all, it's shocking if you're not expecting it. You know what I'm saying? Because they go from they go from da, 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 to straighten and then into that mad boy and then that whole stadium light up. Like that's an experience. <laughs> like your neck gotta have an experience like that. And then I can have an experience with your neck like that, then it's bad. Okay. Okay. Let me speak on the neck. So would you say neck is Southern's school spirit song? That's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like K State Spirit song is the butt, right? Yeah. Would you say that? That's definitely y'all's. Cause my dad still, my dad being a former um, K State drum major and French horn player, still uh, will toot his own horn about doing the butt, and will bring it up in any conversation that he mentioned y'all band about. Yeah, shout out to my as uncle. Well as, uh, <laughs> as well as his Capistrola. It hits a, you got to do it like this. It's doing the butt. That's the song you go straight to? Okay. <laughs> what's T, what's TSU's spirit song? Like, what's a, what's y'all hype song? I think Say La La is probably one of our hype songs as well as not. Say La La gets us really hype, too. We got, we got dance moves for a lot of stuff, though. Okay. Like our peps, we got a pep squad that I'm convinced it makes a lot of things that the band learns. It's like the pep squad got dance moves for everything. When you name a song, we got moves to it. Hmm. It was a dance. You you didn't have a song that wasn't popular that didn't have a dance. It wasn't just your shoulders and your lean. It wasn't just your rock with it. We we had moves. Okay. Like to this day, I still do certain dance moves where I'm like, I bet you nobody knows what I'm doing, but somebody who went to TSU. <laughs> I'm convinced of this. Okay, okay. Well, Tina the Pisces is not in with us today. Uh, we're going to run past her episode. We're going to try to get her on a separate episode. Uh, she does work a lot, so 
Um, we might be catching on those .5 episodes. I know, like, episode 2.5, we had something with her introducing her segment. So, uh, listeners, be on the lookout for that on those .5 episodes with Tina the Pisces. Again, don't forget to tap in with her. Uh, her email is PiscesPointOfView at Yahoo.com. And we're going to move on to our This Is Not HBC Related But Topic. Um, I think the first thing I want to bring up really is the Casey Goodson Jr. killing. Um that was one thing I think within the last week that kind of stuck with me. Uh, this happened in Columbus, Ohio. Sam, I know you're in Columbus, so I know you have a firsthand, first, um, like experience with their not say experience, but you're getting like the news first. And I know it's going through y'all media more than anything. Like I've heard about it down here, but I mainly have to hear it through the Breakfast Club. You know, I have to get through black media for real. Like it didn't really. It showed on Kentucky media here, but it didn't. It's not as prioritize as it should be because you know this is another killing of another black man crazy because i'm in columbus and when it comes to like media publications it's it's about the same like they're not the broadcasting it's like um you're getting the same message that we're getting even locally only the difference is is that we got you know uh, it's social media the local social media outlets are um you know, letting things be known before it kind of hits the uh, the national news thing. But um, it's unfortunate. I um, Given the story real quick, um, since you're there, I've heard the story. Um, I know you're in Columbus, so I, I know you may have every, like more details I know, than I would. I don't know bullet points. Um, okay. It's just that the young man um, was coming back from apparently um, or allegedly a dentist appointment. Mm-hmm. He had a Subway sandwich and he was walking into his house and he got shot and killed in his doorway. Um, that's... <clears throat> and they're literally trying to find out why this happened. Mm. And I'm looking up I'm looking up the story on CNN.com um, saying he was 23 years old. No, mm-hmm. no criminal background. No. Stand up. Stand up guy. Involved in some community outreach programs. Mm-hmm. I I read about them. I don't know all my pants, but um, community outreach programs. Um, you know, had a plan uh, for life, and went to went to, to the dentist and Subway was coming home. Yeah. So we're there. That and that is the gap of the story that has to be filled for everybody. Mm-hmm. What happened? From the time he went to the dentist to the subway to get home to warmer him being shot mm-hmm. <clears throat> in his doorway of his home. Yeah, and uh, from what I was, <clears throat> I did hear like by an officer, by an officer, yeah, by a police officer. I yes. did, I did hear like some of the interview. I think on the Breakfast Club. I think the mother and attorney they spoke with them, them, and the mother was saying like, you know, he was, he was into guns and everything, but he wasn't, you know, irresponsibly with it. He couldn't wait to get his license. He wanted to go about it the right way and everything. Um, now, what the police were saying, I do remember hearing this part. They were saying, I guess, someone was riding by with their gun and just hanging out the window. And mm-hmm. apparently they assumed he was the one doing that, so I guess they pursued him. And that was their okay. reason for, I guess you know, taking that forceful use, which I find very, you know, even if so, like, you know, everyone is, I guess, can register their gun and carry a gun um, in Ohio and everything if they do it about the right way. 
But my thing is like, if they have it, you should just disarm them. You shouldn't be sitting here and, and disarm them without like without shooting like that type of force. You should be able to tell them to like expose their weapon, put on the ground, and everything else. I just feel like all oh, that is wrong. If you feel like they had that weapon, at least see if there is a weapon first. Don't just automatically just run with that and everything just because. Well, hell, at that point he was at his house, like mm-hmm. he was in the doorway. So, uh, well. <laughs> yeah, like and then you shot him in, Can't in the do back. Nothing right unless you got a warrant. Oh well, uh, we got we got to figure out something else to do. Yeah, it was just you know. Yeah, it was that that situation. I just I just I just fear for all black people in general because like he he didn't do nothing wrong. He was doing what he was like you said. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He had a dance appointment. Went to that. Um, he was getting food for his family, according to his mother. With the, that's hence the hence the uh the subway that he had. So, you know, they said, like, as soon as he put his keys in the door, that's when they just started shooting. And he had just, I guess, just turned the key or something like that. But he fell in the doorway in the house, you know, family bleeding everything. And that's what they saw of their loved one. That's the last, you know, view. That's traumatizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> and, um. It's just it's, sickening uh, another black man. I ain't even processed it yet. You know, it's still kind of. Yeah, same here. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm just going through the facts, and it's, I don't know, I'm still doing a little bit of processing as well. Like, it's to me, it's like it's. I'm just shaking my head. Like, we we can't keep doing this. Like, black yeah. men can't get can't get keep getting gunned down like this. It's it's too upsetting to me. It has me fearing for it. More so, my younger brothers. Like I'm not, I can not even fear for myself. I'm fearful for for others right now, and people probably are fearful for for me and everything else as well. But still, it's just first thing I think of is other people. I don't even think of myself, and that's that's the crazy thing. It's like I'm more so fearful because I kind of, I mean, I'm saying like I know how to deal with police because he probably knew how to deal with the police and everything. He probably would have complied and everything, but y'all didn't give him the chance to. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I can't even say like I'm. I feel like I'm okay. Like no, like nobody can feel like they're gonna be okay. And I fear for all black people, not even just black men, black women too. You see how they did Sandra Bland and so many other women and everything. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Raising a a black son myself is you scared all the time. It's like you never. I don't ever want to have to get one of those calls and people put up memes and stuff like that. And I know how they always put up this meme. Like I see it every time a black boy is killed. Like if that would have been my son, they would have had to take me out or I would, what I, what people would be doing and things like that. I can't even like truly fathom what I would or wouldn't be doing as much as I talk about spiritual grounding, but to feel like my child, my black son gets killed. So walking in the house, just for doing his everyday activity or something like that, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine why we don't have the black, the Black Panther ain't back. Because I, I promise you, I'd probably be spearheading that boy. Yeah. Like, and it's not even to say that like that's what I want or you know like the initiative that I hope goes forward. But yeah, I'd probably be one rogue, pick mad black woman. Yeah, like that. Um... I'd be fed up. Like I'm saying, I'm already fed up, and it hasn't even come to my doorstep. But it's like to know what those mothers, to even have to try to put in perspective what that mother is trying to experience, or that, or that father, or that grandmother, or or those siblings. Like, I don't want to ever have to imagine 
anything of that nature, whether it's a cousin, a son, a brother, a dad, <clears throat> an uncle. But the like, sad part is, guys, um, you know, this this is a problem in Columbus. Um, you know, in this past election, one of the things that were one of the propositions that were up in this in the city of Columbus, Franklin County, was getting the police to wear uh, body cameras. No. Oh, well, some of them do. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, to have a governing board over the police, I know I can't. I won't. I don't know the exact terms, but pretty much a body of citizens that kind of govern the police in incidents like this, okay. you know, and 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 to have some type of corrective action for incidents like this, so people on the outside are looking into it with a non-biased um, ties to the organization. And um, I think it passed, and it did. And, you know, and honestly, with all the defunding of the police departments and things like that that are happening right now, um, people are striking and pissed and quitting and and not getting the reasoning behind things. So, you know, know, it's just a mess right now between the um, the actual police force and... the community and le- legislators and how things are rolling out. So um, it's, it's just a, it's a no-win situation right now. And mm-hmm. we are stuck in this gray area between a lot of administrations and, um, <laughs> you know, honestly, until we get to January, we, I don't know if things are going to get any better. We do have a listenership in Columbus and everything. So, I do want to let the people of Columbus know that, you know, I'm praying for you guys, you know, I'm praying for you guys' safety, and I just want y'all to stay safe out there. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Like, it's, you know, every city is under attack pretty much, and I just want everyone to stay safe and everything, and just, if anything, I'm like, it's sad to say, I want to say stay indoors. It's just a sad thing. That's the best place for black people to be sometimes, but even then, you see you can't even be safe indoors. People getting killed at their own house. So it's like, like you said, it's a lose lose situation. You can't win from it, but you know, I just want everyone to stay safe, and I'm praying for everyone in Columbus too, and that family. It's not HBC related, but okay. So I wanted to talk about the verses, but that didn't even happen yesterday. But <laughs> so who are y'all going for, anyways? Because I'm glad it didn't. Because I, I wanted to. Go I, want, for the underdog. I mean, for real, they always put pick. They always pick people you like, right? Mm-hmm. So two people that you like, damn, I rock with both of them, but you got to pick a favorite. I always go for the underdog. It don't really matter. And so I was going for Ashanti. Because everybody was like Keisha Cole. And honestly, if everybody said Ashanti, I would have said Keisha Cole. I just, it's just, you know, I'm just rooting for the other person to make the upset happen. I was going for yeah. Ashanti in general just because of the the... Ashanti got some hits, though. Hits. I think That's what I'm saying. They hits. forget. You can't they sleep. They forget. But Keisha mm-hmm. just has a bigger. Keisha has more. Only reason I would vote Keisha. for Keisha is not off the. It's not the vocal. Because if I have to pick off the vocal. Yeah, I would go Keisha. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. But if I have to go off who has more hits, where if you really ran the right song choices, mm-hmm. I would give it to Keisha. But. That don't mean that I won't be still over here talking about the way that I love you with Ashanti because I'm going to be out here the way that I love you, baby, baby. baby. I'm going to be all of that. <laughs> Boy, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be all of that. And then I'm going to be out here with Keisha like, love. I'm going to be all of that. 
Yeah. All of that. So well, I'm people are getting mad at me because, uh, you know, they're like Brandy's the vocal bible. I'm like, hey, Brandy, just seeing what you know this. Mm-hmm. She got it, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I just had to. Uh, y'all can't just come out here and act like Monica ain't got no hits. So that was my whole point. I really want you know. I don't be having the side for real because everybody and all of them, even Jeezy and Gucci. I'm biased no. with Brandy and Monica. Monica is my all-time favorite like singer. So <laughs> I ain't care what nobody saying. Her and her little leather outfit, looking <laughs> like uh, looking like a uh, Penny Proud uh, remakes memes and stuff. I was here for all of it. Yeah. Her shade, Brandy's commentary, girl. I was giving Brandy side eyes like, girl, if you don't stop, you're doing too much. Chill. Do they got another verse mm-hmm. coming up? Besides mm-hmm. the rescheduled one, because if not, like, who would y'all like to see go in the verses? Or if y'all don't have any preferences, um, I want to see somebody, but I just don't know who who to go against. What verses did you like that you've seen so far, or which ones kind of I won't say blew you away, but which ones were you kind of glad to see a little bit? I like the old school one. I like the uh, the Patty. They were good. They were good. I like seeing the Jeezy um, and Gucci one just off the strength that I felt like I, it gave me college vibes since we like on this podcast and stuff. Like I felt like that gave me full like college experience. Most songs. Yeah, I was, like, that took me I back about this in college. This gave me memories. I, it was all of that for me. So that one was was lit. Randy and Monica was cool. I felt like a kid again. This being like a girl, um, loving the two it growing up and stuff like that. That was dope. Who else has done verses? Now you kind of take me back and have to think like, who started this? You had Nelly and Luda. Uh, I was Luda for that one. Luda, I I know most of Luda's bars, so I feel like Luda Luda had bars back in the day. Yeah, then you had let's see, Teddy Riley and Babyface. <laughs> Actually, that was a good one. That I was, was a good one. Teddy. Besides the I sound, was for sound Teddy. yeah. I like Babyface too. I was like, oh, he they they were going back and forth a little bit. No, yeah, that was a great one. That was like musically, I I was there for that one. That was a great one. Um, I think I started a playlist listening to them. Like, let me catch some of these songs so they in my little rotation. <laughs> no, they've came with some good verses though. It's not like they came like incorrect, you know. Um, the mm. Jill Scott and Erica Badu, that was a whole vibe. That was definitely a vibe. Like, I got dressed up and everything for that one. That was a vibe. That was a vibe. I almost started cleaning the house. <laughs> I was like, that was a vibe. Yeah. And uh, Rick Ross, two, two Chains. I was late to that one. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't know how much uh, how much I was going to truly know. I had so Ross. I, I like Ross. I really like, I'm really a fan of Ross music. I like his beat selection. Um, and I feel like, you know, he, his, his music, like, uh, hold on, um, his, I don't know. It's like, he just like, he's always came correct on albums and everything. It's like, it's not an album. I really couldn't say like, okay, like there's no songs I don't like, but yeah, I like, I like the, I like the vibe he sets with his music and everything. Um, but yeah, I think those were pretty much it though, but, um, I don't know if they're going to reschedule the, uh, for me, for that one, I was going to Shanti just because, like, I feel like she just had 
hits. And I don't know if it's because of the features that she's also had because of, you know, Ja Rule, Fat Joe, mm-hmm. and all them. But yep. I feel like, you know, like she was key to them songs. Like, and she was like, she had a run. That's when everybody was throwing Ashanti on things. And Ashanti was out here. I think that was like 2002, 2003, 2004, yeah. like that whole little era. Like, she had a run. Like, Keisha had one too. I guess yeah, she definitely did. No, she definitely did too. Like they both had their runs. I just, I think the fact of who Ashanti was around made it bigger. I guess it was because mm-hmm. Keisha had people around her, but like Keisha was more like she came out solo by herself and everything. But you know, Ashanti, she came out. You know, she came out with with Murder Inc. and all that stuff. Had that little that little back backing for real. Keisha had them TV shows. Yeah. But yeah, she was out here. She was definitely getting to it. Um, Let's get into uh, streaming I movies. I Jasmine Sullivan. Okay. To a versus, I'd say Jasmine Sullivan and like Chrisette Michelle or something like that. Okay. I would love to just... And I want them to both be able to go live just off the strength that they vocally can just... Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I want to see another good... R&B and just singing one in general. I do want to see another single. Mm-hmm. I want to see another old school one. I want like like that Teddy Riley Babyface one. I don't know who else we could find in that one, but I want someone that that's that's done had music for years that Wasn't people Bobby didn't know Brown about. Didn't Bobby Brown do something or did I make that up? Um, no, nah, I don't think he did. I say if you do like if you do like Bobby Brown and his group, what was that group? No addition. No, no, no mm. Mm. Okay, hold on. I'm on the versus page now. It's saying there is a one coming up on December nineteenth. That's gonna be E forty versus Too Short. That's about to be a whole ratchet party right there. <laughs> that's a whole motherfucker situation. Oh, oh. excuse me. That that's one. That, that's that's, that's, that's all. <laughs> That's two thousand six. Theater Club Blue Days. You about to be in that? Like, oh. Okay, so um, I got to talk about this because this one I just couldn't wait to talk about. So, did y'all see the video of the restaurant owner going off on everyone at the brunch about the ladies? I guess twerking at his table, on his table. Mhm. So. Mm-hmm. Do you okay? So with his whole message that he gave off and everything, do you think he was wrong for what he said? Nope, not at all. No, I was like, because I I agree with it. I'm like, hey, I'm like, even though I might have kicked them out, I don't know what the situation was. I feel like this is what what I feel happened. I feel like he kicked them out, and people were like, oh, what he do? He's wrong for doing that and everything. And I feel like he had to address the situation to let everyone else know, like. I asked these, well, I don't know if he told them, but from what I was um, hearing is he asked those women once or twice to stop doing it, and then they just kept doing it, not listening to him. And I guess they were, I mean, it was one thing to be dancing in your seat and, you know, getting up and dancing, but if you standing on my furniture that I paid for, you know, this is my business and everything, so I work hard for this. And on top of that, I'm trying to set a, a, a different vibe here. I'm not trying to set that ratchet vibe. You want to do that, you can go to the nightclub with it. So I do feel him on that. So I kind of, I stand by him for real. It's not even kind of, I stand, I stand with him on that. Cause sometimes you got to put your foot down with black people. You got to put your foot down. Black people <laughs> run over you sometimes. <laughs> Man, it's a restaurant. Yeah. It's a time. It wasn't like, 
you in the VIP section of the club and you just happen to start, that's, that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, you at a whole eating establishment, brunch hours. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> do you think he was wrong? For, do you think the music kind of played a part? I mean, no, because, I mean, think about it. <clears throat> Young professionals want a place where they can kick back and listen to the music that they want to listen to, but not... And hell, and have a drink. And I mean, that's. I get the vibe. I get what he was talking about. I mean, there has to be an avenue for that. Yeah. Um. Do you think from all right? So do you think going? I think because this is the only reason why I kind of see like I'm just looking at both sides for real. So some people kind of blame the music, which I could understand, but I still feel like you know you should be able to conduct yourself. Like it ain't like you have to. You have to just get up and shake your ass just because of. Just because mm-hmm. throw that ass in the circle came on and everything, you don't just have to. You can really just you know just make them just make a little, you know. You, if you gotta get out your seat, go ahead. You can whatever. vibe out at your table. You know what I'm saying. You can do whatever you can do. That's in the parameter of your your table. Yeah. Put that... your feet on the floor. Put your feet on the floor. So, yeah. Like just imagine you out with your like you out. Say y'all on a date and y'all both men. Y'all like Ruth Chris or something like that. Then next thing you know, you just look over and see a girl's party and that Ruth Chris, you out on a date or something like that with your chick. And then you look over and they just twerking on the table like it's this this not this is not that. It's yeah. not that right now. So I think it's just the time and the place. I'm necessarily saying you can't do that at a nightclub or, you know, at a different establishment. But I don't think that he was wrong. Yeah. No, I, I stand with what he said because that was just, you know. I'm invested in this. People, you know, we ask somebody for a discount or something like that. I'm like, no. And then as soon as the chairs aren't right, we quick to want to be like, how he charging this much when his establishment looked like this? Well, let's start off looking like this. Right. All right. This ain't HBC related, but um, what what you streaming on Netflix, Hulu, whatever? Like, what are you watching currently, Mo? So, I'm a TV junkie. I kind of feel like I watched everything good on Netflix. I recently just watched Ava. or yeah, Ava. I saw Peppermint. I just got into Black Lightning. Um, I'm kind of late to Black Lightning. I was, I was determined not to watch any more like Superhero. I feel like in quarantine, when all my TV shows went off, I started watching, you know, a bunch of different things on Netflix. And now I'm kind of, I'm caught up. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that comes on Netflix, I feel like I watched it when it came on regular TV. <laughs> so I'm like, y'all don't even have the most recent season. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> y'all don't even know what you still missing. So now I'm out here struggling, like, grabbing for stuff. Like, what's good? What's out? Who, who hasn't hit a COVID drought? Right. I'm starting back over on Snowfall. That's a that's one of a good show. I love it. I just started back over on that too. I watched the first two seasons and then, or like, I think it's three seasons now. Yeah. I watched the first season, fell off in the second season. I was like, all right. I tried to get back in on season two. The struggle was real. I had to go watch a recap and then just jump in on season three when everything kind of picked back up a little yeah. bit for me. Yeah, I like and season three. I'm yeah, I'm back in now because season two got slow. Even my brother like fell off of it and I was like, eh, is it me? No. No, it's pretty good. Um, only reason I'm starting it back over because I'm just waiting on season four, so I'm just trying to keep keep fresh <laughs> on everything. 
Um, I'm trying to think what else I'm watching. Uh, I think I'm. Are a... you watching uh, Power Ghost Book? The Ghost Book with Tyree? No, I haven't. I haven't even started that. Oh man. Oh man, that's that's kind of cool. I've been liking that so far. I'm gonna check it out. Uh, the shows I'm. I think I'm thinking about starting up is Queen's Gambit. I keep hearing about that. Oh, that's so good because you gotta watch that. Okay. That's so good. All right, don't spoil it for me because I'm gonna check it out. Um, no, oh, that's real good. Like I even, I even had your your cousin B up on that one. Like, hey, watch this for me. And he was like, going to work. Like, don't watch this without me, Mo. Like, All right, bet. And uh, shout out to my co-host Asia. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get this show Lucifer a try. I'm gonna see what it's about because she, because she got I me intrigued. You <laughs> said what? Because of an episode I listened to, and she mentioned, I was like, man, I just can't get into Lucifer. But she had me feeling like it was going to be like something like Lucifer. I just feel like such a heathen watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love to her. Don't, I ain't going to judge her on her shows. But I'm going to definitely uh, see what it's about and everything. Because uh, I've also had shows where they were, I won't say, they were just weird shows. Like, I watched The Walking Dead and stuff. You feel me? Like, I watch stuff I, 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 I don't normally get into. But I I want to check it out because like I play Call of Duty. I used to play Call of Duty a lot and everything. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I used to play the zombie mode. That was my favorite part of the game and everything. Was just playing the zombies. So I'm like, shoot, a show about zombies. Like, let me see if it's kind of on point with the game I'm playing. It kind of match up a little bit, but it's definitely I like the action behind it. I think that's what really kept me coming back was the the guns okay. and them just uh, the survival mode they get into and everything. That makes sense. I just had uh, someone ask me that I watched The Walking Dead, and I fell off of it, and they told me I need to get back or catch up and get back into it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just knew that Rick and his son was going to be dead a long time ago, and clearly that has not been the case. So maybe I can get back into The Walking Dead. I had to try again on that one. I fell off years ago. Okay. And lastly, um, since... This is probably going to be the last episode before Christmas because um, we got, I think the next episode is going to be after Christmas. So mm-hmm. it's Christmas time. So what is, I'm trying to think, what's your, what's like, what's your favorite go-to Christmas movie or when it's around Christmas time, what movies do you normally throw on for yourself? And then I know you have a son. So what what is his Christmas movies like? So this year, um, I'm excited because I'm about to put my son's name is Austin. I'm about to put Austin up on Jingle all the way with Turbo Man. Okay. I think I'm more excited than he probably will be, but I am so excited to watch this movie. Like, no, I came up off that movie too. Like, that is that's yeah. That, he he better not ask for one because that's an essential toy that is no longer around. I'm like, you not to be asking for that toy, but this is definitely a movie that I just actually told him tonight. Like, we gonna have to check out this movie this week. Leading up to the Christmas holidays, because that's one of my movies. Uh, I like Bad Santa, too, but that's not a movie I'm watching with him. (laughs) (laughs) That's more of an adult, I want to laugh. This is funny type of situation. I think, uh, because Jingle All The Way, I didn't think about that. That is a good Christmas movie. Um, That actually would be in my top three, actually, because when I think of movies, I have a top two. Um, First one is... Home Alone 2. I love the second one. Oh, my gosh. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, you and your cousin. <laughs> yeah. Home Alone 2 is the second one that always gets me. And 
and I believe Friday After Next is a Christmas movie. So that's one of my favorite Christmas movies. I'm I'm one of I those people. I had to mention that one too, just off the strip. I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Home Alone Two is definitely up there. We watched that one around Thanksgiving and got him hip to that one. So okay, he's like, what's the next one? I was like, eh, three ain't the same. Yeah. Might take you back to the first one or something. But... Yeah, one and two are the only ones that matter to me. Exactly, because when we realized we was looking it up, me and my brother, and I'm like, there's a four? Who knew? Like, after the uh, after Macaulay Culkin and the little random kid for three, it was it was nothing else after that. Yeah. It was, it's not, it should have stopped. Yeah, like, gotta, I got to teach you about it? sequels. They don't, they don't work all the way through. They don't work like that. Like, no. <laughs> not all the sequels are the best. Um, I'm trying to think, what's, what's another Chris? Oh, well, and then... I mean, I I know about the you know the childhood ones, you know the Frosty the Snowman, the Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeer, and everything. I know about those, but I never really. I mean, maybe because I don't have kids. But even as a kid, when I was coming up, I mean, I seen maybe maybe once, you know, once a year or once every other year, and I knew of it. But it was never mm-hmm. really like, no, we have to watch this. It's Christmas time, like. Home Alone 2, Friday After Next, Jingle All The Way. Those are like movies I, look, I look like kind of wait to, can't wait to watch around Christmas time. If I catch it, I'm watching the whole thing. Yeah, and Friday, if I catch Friday After Next, I'm definitely like staying on that channel for sure. <laughs> for sure. It was this one um, Christmas movie I used to watch. Was that with Tim Allen? Oh, he used to Santa like, Claus? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, you became Santa Claus. I remember that one. I like that one, too. I remember that one. I haven't seen that in a while. It was a good movie. Um, that one was a good one. Uh, I watched The Grinch with Jim Carrey, but I've never been a Grinch fan. Like, I think the whole idea of it is, is hilarious, actually, for real. It's just about <laughs> a person who really is just standing over a whole town mad that they're happy that it's Christmas time. Like, he is that <laughs> upset that he's about to ruin it <laughs> for everybody else. Better, 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 better. I never, I like, I actually like them, but I was never like, like you said, like a big fan. Hear me, what was it, Scrooge? Scrooge or something like that, like the Hollywood, the holiday Scrooge. I wasn't big on him either. Yeah. But yeah, Sam, Sam. You got some movies you like to watch around the holidays. Uh, my favorite one is Home Alone. Which one? Hands down. First one. That's the only one. I like the second one. <laughs> the second one is I. Right, but the first one is that one. <laughs> That's it. You feel the animals? Like, yeah, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. That was my favorite Christmas movie. Yes. Uh, That's me and my, um, my grandma's Christmas movie. Okay. That's the one we choose to watch. And then, uh, Sam, what you, uh, besides the Christmas movies, what you watching on Netflix, Hulu, and all stuff? What you streaming? Like, what shows you watching? Any movies, documentaries? Uh, you know what? Not, not yet. Um, um, I'm not sure. What you know? What I got caught up into something on Netflix, and I don't even know what it's called. But let me tell you what I'm thinking. I'm getting ready to watch. I didn't know that the um, what's his name, Tiger King. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they got some follow up episodes and seasons. I didn't know it continues, so I'm gonna check those out. 
that's on the to the to watch list. Uh, I got to get HBO Max for all the movies that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to that Wonder Woman dropping on Christmas. Thanks. Um, I think that's all it right now. You know, I'm only two things I'm looking forward to. I know there's a lot of things about to drop, so 2021 on HBO Max. So. I'm going to go ahead and get it. Come up off the money for that. <laughs> and Netflix and went up a couple dollars, too. Yeah, I seen that. Like, what they go to, like, $18? Mm-hmm. They're using a, uh, you know, this pandemic advantage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pandemic advantage is funny, but it mm-hmm. is, too. They're taking advantage, like, we're going to pay it. <laughs> We ain't gonna have no choice when they when everybody done signed up for automatic payments. We all gonna what is this? What is this yeah. new thing? And then uh, and then besides that, sports related because you know I don't think HBC is doing any sports right now, uh, from what I know. But uh, just to speak on sports, did y'all watch that Mike Tyson fight? <laughs> did y'all see anything of it? Did y'all did y'all watch anything of it? Any other fights? The Nate Robinson thing? You know? I didn't watch it, but the commentary the next day was enough for me. And the little clips. Snoop Dogg took me out. I did watch, and his commentary was by far the highlight of me watching. Yeah, that was what more so I was into, the his commentary. Like, it, I was listening. I'm like, okay, well, it sounds like Snoop needs to do commentary in general, and that's what sports need anyways. we Don't get me wrong, I do like the – the professional, politically correct, you know, sports cast and everything. But every now and then, we need like some some flavor in there. We need somebody just to just tell us what it is. Like, nah, he didn't catch that. Quarterback overthrew his ass and everything. I think the quarterback over here frustrated about something that happened in the locker room. It was just you know, somebody did, you know, mm-hmm. bring some life to this uh, commentary. Yeah, I think Snoop's supposed to. I think he rolled this over into doing something with boxing. So. Yeah, I think he is like. Uh, confirmed to be doing something with with Triller and their sports and everything now so uh best endeavors to him with that not I, I can't wait because that's all i'm gonna be listening for now that's that's gonna be a key reason plus you know they're probably gonna try to get good fights and everything but i think you know when you got snoop comment commentating like that you're gonna mm-hmm. people just gonna come just for the commentary all right, before we get out of here, I want to thank my co-host Sam for coming in and tapping in with us tonight. I want to thank my cousin Morgan. I want to thank her for being our guest for the evening, tapping in for Tennessee State University. Make sure y'all check them out at tnstate.edu. Also, I do want to mention the HBC of the week again, Langston University. Make sure y'all tap in with them. Check them out at langston.edu. Make sure y'all share, stream, and subscribe to HBCU as Fuck Podcast on all the social media and wherever you get your podcasts from. Before we check out of here, we want to say happy holidays from the HBCU as Fuck Podcast.